Hi, it's Dr. Weitz. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode of the Private Medical Practice Academy. While remote care existed before COVID, the pandemic has certainly accelerated its use. In response, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid, as you know, otherwise known as CMS, has enhanced its reimbursement options for remote care services. And finally, the commercial payers have started to follow their lead. Remote patient care can improve the quality of care your patients receive, as well as generate additional revenue for your practice. It's an absolute win-win. So the question you should be asking is, how do remote patient care programs fit into my practice? Before we dive into the answer, let's start with understanding the basic types of remote programs that you can add. There are two basic remote monitoring programs. One is called remote patient monitoring, which I'm sure you've heard of before. It's otherwise known as RPM and has been around for a while now, probably about five years. And the new one, remote therapeutic monitoring. And while these two are closely related, there are some core differences. Remote patient monitoring, RPM, and remote therapeutic monitoring, RTM, collect different types of patient data from an FDA-approved device. Providers remotely review and respond to their patient's data that was collected by this device. Based on their clinical needs, some patients may benefit from either RPM or RTM or both. However, as I'm going to talk about over and over, you can only bill for either RPM or RTM. So you're going to want to choose the one that the patient is most likely to benefit from, and that should be obvious. Why? Well, because if they can only participate in one, they are more likely to be compliant and actually get the data points collected that you need if they perceive that the program is beneficial. The other thing is that you will have to collect their copay or their coinsurance. And so in order to have them participate, you want to choose the one that the patient is most likely to participate in and continue to participate in. I also want to briefly mention chronic care management, CCM, and principal care management, PCM. CCM is typically used by primary care and PCM by specialists. There's similar care management services for treating complex conditions. Patients may qualify for either CCM or PCM based on the number of and the severity of their diagnosed chronic conditions. Because RPM and RTM include collecting and monitoring specific patient data, they can be a tremendous asset in treating patients with complex conditions that are part of CCM or PCM. Now, as a side note, there is a separate podcast all about chronic care management and principal care management. So if you want the details on this, you may want to go listen to that podcast episode that I did to understand how we're going to integrate these services. You cannot bill for CCM and PCM for the same patient. Similarly, as I've already told you, you can't bill for RPM and RTM 
for the same patient. But here's the good news. You can bill for either RPM or RTM to complement CCM or PCM. Now I know that's a whole lot of letters and mumbo jumbo, but bottom line is you can mix and match those chronic care codes with remote monitoring. Now let's talk about some of the similarities and differences between RPM and RTM. In reality, they're more similar than they are different. The objective of remote patient monitoring is to monitor specific physiological parameters between office visits. RTM's objective is to monitor specific therapeutic or non-physiologic, including data that can be self-reported, parameters between office visits. The fact that remote therapeutic monitoring can have data that is self-reported is one of the key differences here. Both RPM and RTM require the use of an FDA-approved device with a minimum of 16 days of data in a 30-day period. Now, neither RPM, remote patient monitoring, or RTM, remote therapeutic monitoring, have a specific diagnosis requirement. The key, however, is that you have to document why it is medically necessary to add this service. I want to stress that to you because both RPM and RTM are new. Certainly, RTM is very new. As a result, their use is going to be scrutinized by payers. And this is particularly important because while Medicare has been paying for remote patient monitoring for a while, the commercial payers were much slower to adopt this. As a result, you can anticipate that there will be a fair amount of scrutiny. And that is why documentation of medical necessity is going to be the thing that keeps you on the up and up. Now, Let's talk about who can order RPM or RTM. Remote patient monitoring can only be ordered by a physician or a qualified healthcare professional who can bill for E&M services. So basically, if you can bill for an E&M service, you can order remote patient monitoring. On the other hand, remote therapeutic monitoring can be ordered by a physician or a qualified healthcare professional who can bill general medicine codes, not just E&M codes. So this is going to include physical therapists, occupational therapists, dietitians, and psychologists, just to name a few. Both RPM and RTM require that clinical staff spend a minimum of 20 minutes per month. The definition of clinical staff varies based on the scope of practice laws in your state, so you're going to want to look at that. In many cases, a nurse or a medical assistant will qualify as clinical staff. The caveat here is that if you're combining CCM or PCM with RPM or RTM, these patients typically have more complex needs that require care from providers with a higher level of education and scope of practice. So you're going to want to look at who's providing which portion of the service and have that documented appropriately. Another difference is the level of supervision for monitoring. Because RPM is an E&M code, 
billing providers can leverage clinical staff by billing incident two under general supervision. What exactly does that mean? Well, under Medicare's definition, general supervision says that the physician and the clinical staff are not required to be in the same building at the same time. In comparison, remote therapeutic monitoring is a general medicine code and does require direct supervision. So here's the difference. Direct supervision means that the physician and the clinical staff must be in the same building at the same time in order for you to bill. So as an example, with RPM, your staff could be doing the RPM monitoring while you're not in the office. So let's say you're a specialist and you are doing procedures and, th and this is downtime for your staff because you're not in clinic. They could be doing RPM monitoring and utilize that time. In comparison, if it's RTM, then you would need to be in clinic. Now, you may be wondering what type of data can be collected with these two monitoring systems. RTM codes monitor health conditions that include musculoskeletal systems, respiratory systems, therapy adherence, and therapy response. Because of this, as I've told you before, non-physiologic data can be collected. Compared to RPM, RTM codes offer the promise of broader use and many more applications. That said, we're not quite there yet. One of the things you want to know is that RTM device supply codes are currently limited to devices monitoring respiratory and musculoskeletal systems. Now, Will they be adding additional devices? Sure. When? I have no idea. But there are plenty of uses available today that fit within those criteria. So you just have to figure out, does this fit into my practice and how does it fit into my practice? In contrast, with RPM, you're collecting physiologic data. Some examples of physiologic data include glucose monitoring, blood pressure, weight, things that you can have an actual number for and where that information can be uploaded. So if I haven't been clear yet, RTM and RPM both require the use of a medical device, but the key difference is that the RTM data can be self-reported by the patient or it could be uploaded through this FDA approved device. Just as an aside, if you're thinking about your Apple Watch, I want you to know that wearables are not included in RTM at this time. For RPM, remote patient monitoring, that physiologic data has to be automatically recorded and uploaded from the device itself. In case you're wondering, depending on which device you choose, that data can be sent through a cell connection or by Wi-Fi you'll have to understand how that integration is going to happen when you're choosing what device to offer your patients. Data has to be collected for at least 16 out of 30 days in order to meet the billing criteria for both RPM and RTM. In addition, they both require a minimum of 20 minutes in a month that's dedicated to the remote monitoring treatment of the patient. This time has to include at least one interactive communication with the patient or their caregiver. 
during the month. And that interaction has to last at least five minutes. So when I talk about interaction, that can be either by phone or by video. It doesn't have to be in person. And it can be performed by the clinical staff who is doing your remote monitoring program. You can bill for RPM or RTM once per month. Now, in the event that you or your staff are spending more than 20 minutes doing remote monitoring, there is actually an add-on CPT code for an additional 20 minutes that you can use up to twice. So theoretically, you could bill for three 20-minute increments. So just to be clear, in a 30-day period, here are the requirements. You must have 16 days worth of data points in a 30-day period. You need to have at least 20 minutes that were spent on monitoring. And within that 20-minute period, you have to have at least five minutes that actually involved an interaction with the patient or the caregiver. I probably don't need to convince you that remote monitoring, regardless of whether it's remote patient monitoring or remote therapeutic monitoring, can be very beneficial to both your patients and your practice. But I'm sure you're wondering, how easy is it going to be to implement one or both of these remote monitoring programs? The answer is, it depends. You can set these programs up by yourself. Obviously, this takes the most time and effort. The easier route is to use one of the many companies offering RPM and or RTM programs. These companies run the gamut from helping you set up the program where you dispense the device, do the monitoring, and then bill. Others are totally turnkey, where all you have to do is write the order and they do the rest. They'll drop ship the device to the patient, do the monitoring, communicate the data to your office, integrate with your EMR, and do the billing. Then they deposit the reimbursement into your bank account. Needless to say, the amount you have to pay for a company providing you with an RPM or RTM solution is going to vary with the level of service they're providing you. There's tremendous variability in how you pay them. Some companies charge a percent of what you collect. Some have a flat fee, and then some have a flat fee and a per patient monitored fee. Needless to say, you're going to want to do your due diligence before choosing one of these companies. The key, however, is understanding where either remote patient monitoring or remote therapeutic monitoring fits into your practice, and how many eligible patients do you have? Once you understand those two variables, it's a whole lot easier to start to think through, okay, how much effort is it going to take for me to implement these programs in my practice? How much bandwidth do I have in terms of staffing? Can we do this by ourselves? or how much help do we need, or am I really looking for a turnkey solution? Please be sure to sign up for my newsletter below. I'll be sending you tips on how to start a practice, grow a practice, and then add multiple services so that you can maximize your revenue.